Blog Talk Radio. Conversation today with the thought leader of thought leaders, aka the Aha Guy, Mitchell Levy. Mitchell, are you there? I am. Nice to nice to hear from you. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. So I just want our listeners to know that you have um, a website. Um, we put it up on our website uh, at positivesteps10.com. Um, also, you can go on Think Aha and uh, look for um, more information about Mr. Levy. Also, check out the LinkedIn, Facebook page. Um, he also has a TED Talk, so check him out. Pretty cool stuff. So welcome. Oh, How oh, are just, you? Just great to be here. Just so you know, last name is Levy. And, Levy. Oh, uh, and the website I also want to give you, we'll talk a little bit about it if it makes sense, is ahathat, A-H-A-T-H-A-T dot com. Okay, that's also wonderful. another website Thank that has lots of up. content for your audience. Right. Yes. Yes. I checked it out myself, and I really enjoyed the. You also, um, just for listeners to know, you can get like four ebooks for free, a free digital download. So that was pretty cool to check out. Yeah, well, that one. So I that. have, so this is the fun part. I have so many websites. So on MitchellLevy.com, we offer a couple of our free PDF ebooks. On ThinkAha.com, it, it's really my consulting site. And AhaThat.com, we have over 300 ebooks. And those oh. are all available for free to share. So we've got uh, basically 45,000 AHA messages that people can share today for free. And that's all at AhaThat.com. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for clarifying that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to ask um, my first question, which just to, for the listeners to understand who we're talking to here, why do they call you the aha guy? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. The why is the why, there's a why and a how to that. The, the mm-hmm. why is I think about the world in a way that's potentially different than many others. I see things that happen or are going to happen in the future. So when I'm talking with people, and typically when someone sets up a half-hour conversation with me, I always promise at least two or three aha moments, two or three opportunities to at least look at the situation you're in today with a different set right. of lenses so that light bulb goes off, so you have that aha moment. And, and so that's mm-hmm. really, the, that's really the, the, the why. How that came about is I, uh, I had a friend of mine. So uh, I've, been, I've been consulting uh, on the e-commerce front since 1997. Um, I started okay. a book publishing company in 2005. 
Um, I've done lots of fun stuff like sit on the board of a public company, create 70 courses at university. And, and then what happened is when I started consulting again on thought leadership, so after publishing, I started selling my publishing companies. I became a consultant again for thought leadership at corporations. And what okay. happened is um, I came up with a name that I thought was really cool. I call myself mm-hmm. the thought leader architect. It turns out I was the first thought leader architect in the world. I thought that would be really cool because that would be catchy. Uh-huh. And it does. I wasn't oh, getting the referrals. It sounds great, but I wasn't getting the referrals I wanted. So mm-hmm. one of my friends I'd bump into at a conference said he looked at me, and when I met him, he said, hey, yeah, you're the aha guy. That's what you should call yourself. And I, I kind of ignored that. And a year mm-hmm. later, we, uh, we saw each other at another conference, and he, uh, I, I asked him the question, hey, I'm not getting the referrals I want from people, even when they know, or even when their company is having a problem, what should I do? He said, Mitchell, thought leader architect is hard for people to put their arms around. What does it really mean? But you're the aha uh-huh. guy. You should really use that. And so that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the how. It's, uh, I had okay. somebody recommend me, and I didn't listen to the advice the first time around. It took me a year to actually catch up to his advice, and now I'm using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I find with that is we have, like, I consider myself one of the thought leaders you're referring to as well. And I have, when I have a thought or an idea, I hang on to it, and I just, like, refuse sometimes to let someone change my mind. You know, we want to hold on to that. But, you know, as you said, you had to, it took a while, it took a year, and you just have to kind of open yourself up to, okay, maybe this person does have a point. Well, it's funny because it's one of those things that I, it's always easier to, to share advice to others than it is to take it yourself. So mm-hmm. I'll often say that every second of every day we have an opportunity, we have a present handed to us from somebody from somewhere. And those presents okay. we can either decide to, to, to sort of consume and enjoy or we can ignore. So right. uh, I, was just, I was just sort of being a little vulnerable by saying it took me a year to find the present that I had. I don't think it would have changed anything other than maybe a couple more referrals. What, what happens right away, though, is I ended up getting more referrals in that first week once I started calling myself the AHA guy than I did in the last okay. uh, two or three years when I was just thought leader architect. So it really was good advice and, mm-hmm. uh, and worth, uh, worth following. Yeah, it's like an epiphany. Just kind of <laughs> like well, you that's thought me, of that's it what AHA moments are. AHA right, moments are exactly. opportunities where you see the world in a slightly different way. Yeah, I really like that. And just, you know, making it relatable to a lot of the listeners for Positive Steps 10 is like, um, you know, a lot of us are parents, and I know you're a parent yourself. I'm a parent. Um, some of us have business businesses um, and businesses that serve others. It's so easy for us to take care of everyone else, and we just tend to forget about the most important person, which is ourself. So, do you have any like aha or kind of tips or just thoughts on self care for individuals who are really used to taking care of others but not necessarily taking care of themselves? Hmm. Wow, that's like a two hour response. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's see if I could summarize that. You know what? Uh, the end of the day, 
I think in the end of the day, being let's let's take a look at life, and the way my mm-hmm. lens of looking through life is, I always picture myself sometime in the future where I'm so old. Let's say let's say for all of us, that's a hundred years old. We're in our hospital bed. We're talking to our great grandchildren, and we're telling them about life. And what I always say to myself when I put that picture in my mind is there's Mm -hmm. nothing I'd like to be able to say that says, I wish I did this. Right. That's a, that's probably the the most important self care thing. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. you should love if you can do what you love and get paid for it. So if that four letter word for, for work is, is not, work in it with a negative connotation, but play because you love okay. what you do. Right. So right. for me, I don't, I love what I do. I will always figure out ways I can help people. And at some point in time where it no longer makes sense, then maybe I'll retire. Otherwise I'll continue to do what I do. Cause, cause to me work equals play. And I like to play all the time. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably the best thing you could figure out how to do um, probably one will say is figure out how you could do something you love doing and get paid for it. To mm-hmm. be the same you. There's not a different you who works at a company, who deals with your kids, who deals with your family, that deals with your friends. It's really the same person. If you could figure out how to live life authentically, transparently, mm-hmm. and in a way in which people get to know the real you, trust me, life, you'll feel so much better and it will be so much closer to the ability for you to play because what people mm-hmm. take advantage of, what people want to do, what people want to interact with is they actually do business with those they know, like, and trust. And one best way to do that is just truly be the, the true you. I guess those would be mm-hmm. two things I'd stop with. Yeah, and, you know, we hear that so often, just be yourself, just be yourself. And I think it's hard for people to – um, because of maybe past hurt or past pain or um, of rejection or disappointment, people are so hesitant to put themselves out there. I mean, myself included, I've, it took me a long time. You know, I thought of my positive steps and PS10 radio like a, years ago, but, you know, I just kind of had to come to the realization that I can't do anything but be myself. So um, I think that's it's something that we hear commonly, but it's, it really takes courage and bravery to just go ahead and do that. And then you're a much happier, like you said, you, you're playing and you're loving what you do instead of, you know, being dreadful, dreadfully working. Or Yeah. That doesn't sound like fun, does it, to anybody? No. <laughs> no, because then you once you start um, faking it and um, – you know, and not being yourself or trying to be like someone else, it becomes, it's even more work. You know, it's much easier. You know what? I, I, I think what's interesting is I'm in my late 50s. Oh, that mm-hmm. sounds bad. I'm in my 50s. <laughs> and, uh, right. <laughs> actually, I'm in my early 50s, but we're somewhere in there. So um, <laughs> what's interesting is, I, when I did the TED Talk, which was last year, that's actually when I realized that when I was in corporate world, and I say this in my TED Talk, is my first boss when I started working turned out to be, by definition, the first mentor, and he was really a negative mentor. And mm-hmm. although I only stayed with him for a year, he stayed with me for 13. And, yeah. and it, it really was 
uh, not a positive thing. And I didn't really realize that till I was putting the, mm-hmm. the TED talk together and thinking about what would be my, what would be my share. And, and okay. uh, it, was, it was a really huge aha moment for me to recognize that that, that, that transpired. And I, I wish that that doesn't happen to, you know, anyone else. Obviously, it happens to many people. So the, right. one of the things for inspiration is try to find, for me, I go through life having one mentor and two mentees. Try to find somebody who you really admire to be that mentor, to give you those ideas, to give you those aha moments. And by the way, whether it's the mentor or your mentee, if you're open to listening and open to the presence they have to share, we can learn from both those that uh, we're being a mentee of and those that we're being a mentor for. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes people – get caught up in those negative experiences like you said you you remember the negative mentor do you feel like sometimes we get caught there and that's why we can't take care of ourselves because we just had such a negative experience or well I don't think we uh, for me personally my the, the way the mentor uh, left let me believe he was very hedonistic and autocratic and so no matter who I interacted with at the company, I had to be his, his voice piece. And so mm-hmm. how it negatively affected me is I didn't think about him. It's just for the next 12 years of my working career, I always thought that I needed to speak what I thought my boss would want to hear, regardless of who mm-hmm. I interacted with. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that that's not really healthy because I wasn't being authentic. How could I be believable if I'm not actually mm-hmm. giving my opinion? Aha, uh-huh. right. <laughs> there we go, exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. I know when we spoke before, we um, we were um, we had a really good conversation, and I remember you bringing up just uh, just the the theory of like growing and learning. And can you expand on that or share with our listeners like what you were referring to when we were talking about that? Well, I I I love the prompt. I have no idea exactly where we were last time, so I'll just start talking, and you could steer me if you, uh, okay. if you think yeah. we need to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So my short thought process or where we are today, um, and let me give you a bigger picture. Uh, what did okay. Ted talk about? What I talk about is the 1920s is the, the preeminent component. That was the, the, the industrial age, the industrial age society. And mm-hmm. although we have this internet and life has changed so much, we are moving mm-hmm. towards a new age. We are moving from the industrial age to the social age, but we're only halfway there. So okay. if you believe that, what you have to recognize is that the change which is going to happen between now and it's not going to take another 100 years, but now in the next 10 or 20 years, is going to be the mm-hmm. same change from the 1920s to today or to, to the 2020, right? So what does okay. that mean? Our educational systems are wrong. Most of our corporation structures are wrong in terms of how we do business, how we interact, how we compensate, how we support. And so as we change, what happens is we have to learn, we have to grow, we have to do new things. And the problem is our educational system teaches us how to do one thing. It teaches us how to get the right and only one right answer. 
And that is an archaic structure in today's world. And so the best thing you could do for your kids and then subsequently for yourself is figure out not only how to ask the right question because a wealth of information is at our fingertips, but when you get the responses, figure out how best to interpret the responses. Uh, right. Additionally, when you have problems, here's an interesting thing. I met a uh, – I, I was in uh, Tempe, Arizona, where my son's going to school, ASU, and I met somebody okay. who recently graduated. And, uh, and her job, what she went to college for, is not what people are hiring today. And so um, she, uh, it was very fascinating. She went to school for product design, and what people really want to hire for is app development. And so I said to her, hey, why don't you just, on the side, if you have a little bit of spare time, why don't you build an app? And then you could talk about how the app is incorporated into product design and what did you do and so on. And, and that would be mm-hmm. something interesting to talk about. Her first question was, where do you think I can learn how to build an app? And it was very okay. interesting to me. And as much as I really enjoyed this person, I would have wanted to somebody who graduated from college not to have to ask me that question, but this, to say, hey, I'm going to spend uh, 10 hours tomorrow going to YouTube and, ask, and seeing how do you develop a good app. Mm-hmm. Right? In the old days, we used to go to the bookstore and, and say app development for dummies, and we'd buy something and read it. Nowadays, we... You can go to YouTube, and there are so many brilliant people in the world who have spent time documenting what they know. You know YouTube, mm-hmm. you learn, and you can grow. And so no matter what age you are, whether you're 22 or 82, there's still a phenomenal opportunity to grow and learn. And by the way, when you're right. growing, you're using your brain. You're using your brain. You're keeping active. You're keeping active. You're going to live longer. Mm-hmm. So if you grow and enjoy yourself, it's a more fun more enjoyable and uh, will live to a, uh, lead to a longer life. Right. So it's all about kind of um, taking each change or each thing that you learn or every experience that you have, kind of growing from that and learning and moving forward. So not staying stuck in that negative experience or, you know, on that you know, but, but you're, you're still growing and learning because you can learn from whatever you're experiencing. Yeah. No, by the way, is that what we talked about last time? So, <laughs> or is that something well, new? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was a while ago, but um, yeah, I mean, we kind of, it, it definitely incorporated everything that you said because what we were talking about last time kind of stemmed from just your upbringing and how you were just sharing how your mother really encouraged you to, that you can be whatever you want to be. And that uh, biggest life issue is that we have to learn to grow and learn, you know, we have to learn to grow and learn. Because a lot of times you stop growing if you stop learning because we get disappointed or we get, you know, something that um, is different from our mindset or we're put in a situation where we're trying to play by the rules, but the rules change. Like you said, as things evolutionize and and the industrial age, we're way past that. You know, we have to grow with that. And, and in order to do that, you have to learn and be willing to to learn. I think that that's a lot of oh, times. I remember. People are not willing I to. remember. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. So it was, yeah. it was enough of a jaunt. To, so here's one of the things that I think I mentioned to you last time. So having been in Silicon Valley for 30 years, I've seen lots of transformation of technology. 
And Mm -hmm. you hear all these phenomenal stories. Typically, you hear the great stories of the people who turn into billionaires overnight. What you don't hear is you don't hear the stories of the people who kind of were taught one thing and kind of refused to learn the next new thing. So a good example is, let's say you, you went to school to be an electrical engineer and you worked at Intel and you're really happy and you learned a certain chipset. And then one day, Intel says, you know, we're moving to a new chipset. We've decided that this is a new approach. Well, what's your choice? Your Mm -hmm. choice is I'm going to learn the new chipset and do something else. Or your choice is I'm not going to learn anything new. Uh, I'm going to see who else is using this chipset, and you can end up not getting a new job and not actually working the rest of your life. Right? Right. And so regardless of what, happens as life keeps changing it's our job to keep growing and learning because if if we if what we know is not useful for somebody else we we can't get paid for it right so Mm -hmm. so we have to grow and learn and do new things and and that's just one example but there's tremendous numbers of examples and sometimes for instance you get put out of a job not for anything you do not that not for anything that's happen like a company doing that way, but rather you get put up in a job uh, as a e-commerce consultant during the dot-com days. I was making mm. a ton of money doing day-to-day consulting uh, with people and, and also uh, doing keynote speeches. And one day this thing called the dot-bomb happened in 2001 and mm-hmm. my business went to, that particular part of my business went to zero overnight. Right? Nobody oh, wow. wanted to hear about e-commerce. Nobody thought e-commerce mm-hmm. was going to be successful. Amazon was right. being touted as something that was going to go away. And, of course, we know mm-hmm. where it is now, but it was right. part of what society uh, expected to happen. And, and so what, what do you do in those cases? You know, for me, I could have given up, or rather mm-hmm. I figured out how to make money until the market came back in terms of the types of things that I knew. So I kept growing and doing other things and transforming into something different. Right. And today, by the way, what I'm doing, which is different, which is really fun, is for those people who are out there today, what happens, we're going back to the, those people do business with those they know, like, and trust. So the question right. becomes, how do, you, how do you get to be known? Right? How do you get to be that ex- recognized expert or that thought leader? And, of course, how mm-hmm. do you get liked and trusted? And one of the easiest ways to be known as an expert of what you do or to, be, uh, to, to sort of have that, not just knowing, but a little bit of that trust associated that you are the expert is to write a book. Right. Right. And, and that's right. one, of the things that my, uh, one of the things that my company has done now is mm-hmm. I've got the easy button, right? I've got a completely new way to do this. And that is if okay. somebody's an expert at what they do and they want to have a book available for them, what we do is I'll do a two-hour interview. I'll pull the genius mm-hmm. out of their head. I've got a team of writers that have graduated from AHA, that writing school, and then they will write the book. We'll produce it in paperback, hardcover, mm. Kindle, PDF, and on the AHA, that platform, and make it an Amazon best-selling book. And so wow. what's fascinating is the amount, thank you, the amount of time it takes is somewhere between five to 10 hours, and it will happen mm-hmm. between two to three months. 
So if you say okay. to yourself, I need to be an expert, and I want an Amazon mm-hmm. best-selling book, you could snap your fingers and make that happen. So then mm-hmm. the question becomes, well, do I want to pay for it? Right? Because right. what, what people think about, so the old school days, is people would think about books as that was the way we educated other people. Right? So through books, we actually helped people learn new things. Well, mm-hmm. in today's world, I don't think we learn through books anymore. We learn through videos and online courses and other things. So right. the book is the vehicle that's going to demonstrate that you're the expert in your space. And, mm-hmm. and just to give you something to think through, to me, when, when I create a book, I like a book that has 120 pages or so. The reason okay. I like 120 pages, it, it has a nice spine size, right? It just okay. feels comfortable. It's, it's enough round. So, and as a publisher, we publish over 800 books. So mm-hmm. what I'll tell you is a 120-page book will take about 120 hours to write. And let's, uh, let's fast forward. Some people think, man, my book is going to do so well. It's going to sell so many copies. Let me self-publish it because then I can make all the profits, which, by the way, is not a good way to think about your book. Um, right. And so we will save the author about 200 hours on the publishing side. Because we publish in a okay. lot more places. Anyone who wants to, you can go to Amazon's Create Space. You can publish yourself. That, that's easy to do. Once again, we'll save you a couple hundred hours. So now let's mm-hmm. add those two together. 200 hours publishing, 120 hours writing. That's 320 hours. So if instead of spending 320 hours, and what I said before is you'd spend 5 to 10. Let's, let's just go on the high right. side 10. So now that's 310 hours left over. So our price, I mean, we're not inexpensive. Our price is $7,500 to do all of what I said. We deliver mm-hmm. quantities of books as well. So if you could spend 310 hours marketing your book, which is an Amazon best-selling book, and really what you're doing is you're not marketing your book to do book sales. You're marketing your book to get more speaking and more consulting. So if you could market yourself for 310 hours and you can't make more than $7,500, I would say you're in the wrong business. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, that was either an aha or a oh, my God statement. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an aha because I think that people who, you know, have a business mindset and they – you know, it kind of brings us back to the self-care um, thing because I feel like if you know what your budget is, you know what your limit is, and you know who your audience is, and you have the means, you definitely would benefit from, you know, taking advantage of your service. Um, for those who are, you know, building up to that level, I think they would need that aha moment of I have more work to do. Mm. Well, I think what happens if you listen to that, so let's say mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have the means, if you listen to that, the, the main fundamental tenet is really what work do you do yourself versus mm-hmm. what work do you share with somebody else? Okay. A- and that's yeah. probably the most important thing to think about. A lot of people write books because mm-hmm. they like to write and they want to write and they think they can get their message out. And the question becomes, 
should you do that? I mean, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And although you can and you can do it well, truthfully, if you're an entrepreneur and you're in business today, you have one job. I mean, well, let's say three, but the first, the most important job is finding new business. That's the most okay. important job you can have if you're an entrepreneur in your own business. The other two right. things you do is, is A, satisfy your customers who actually purchase what you do. And then the third thing is you build product for tomorrow because we should okay. never just have one thing that we sell. And then when your business right. grows, there's a fourth thing we do, and that's we manage your team. So stepping okay. back to it, anything that you get to do on a day-to-day basis, if, it is, if your business is very slow, if you're not out there selling, you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be saying to yourself, hey, I'm going to write this book, and magically lots of clients are going to flock to me. That's just not how it works. Right, yeah, it takes effort. Yeah, I wanted to get right quick um, as our time is coming to an end, but I want to get right quick to the three aha moments that I got from speaking with you today. Um, The first one was that every day is a present from someone, and you can either ignore or consume what they are offering or what they're sharing or saying to you. Number two, play because you love what you do. And you really just need to be you and continue to be the same you that you were before that you are after once you get started doing the work that you love. And then lastly, three, which you just gave it to me, so I love this aha, what can you do for yourself versus what do you need someone else to do? And I believe that brings us full circle back to self-care and know where do you need help? what can you do, who to pursue it with. Um, so it takes some research on our part. And I really I really enjoyed our conversation and being able to share this information with people today. So I just appreciate you coming on and giving us these aha moments. Do you have any others that I missed? Or? No, you did, you did awesome. No thank one. you so oh, much great. for your time. I appreciate hanging out with you and your audience. Yeah, thank you so much. And please give your websites again. So ahathat.com is the place to go. If you want 45,000 aha messages you could share today for free, I've got that. And you go to ahathat.com slash author, you can figure out how to write yourself. And then from there, you can can click on other things, either mitchellevy.com or thinkaha.com, or feel free to Google Mitchell Levy on uh, Google name Mitchell Levy and connect to me on the social media platform you want to interact on. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Mitchell, for and I really enjoyed our conversation and all the information you shared with me and my guests, my uh, listeners. So, so um, uh, I just ask the listeners continue to um, check out PS10 Radio on Sundays at 6:30 and always be the best you that you can be, one positive step at a time. Peace and have Absolutely. a wonderful week. Bye, Mitchell. Take care, everybody. Bye now.